lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show. Merry Christmas to all of you. I am Steve Dace. Aaron McIntyre and Todd Erzin, they're here with me as well. If you'd like to join us today, let us know what you think about what we think. Email the program, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. You can like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show over on Parlor at Steve Dace. Check out our new MeWe page, which is the free speech alternative to Facebook at Steve Dace. You can still attempt to engage with us at Facebook, but uh, good luck with that. Uh, you can also find our new YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Steve Dace. And in about six days, you're going to find my new book available. It releases on December the 15th, A Nefarious Carol. That is the novella sequel to my 2016 book, A Nefarious Plot, that we will be turning into a movie next year. You can get the sequel book now. Pre-order it so that you get it when it drops on December the 15th. The, the Audible version is already out, which includes a read from yours truly and my oldest daughter. So thanks to all of you that have done the pre-orders. It looks like between pre-orders and Audible sales already. We're going to outsell the previous book, Truth Bombs, before this one even comes out. So thank you very much to all of you for that. You are one step closer to making sure uh, that the Dace Kids have a Christmas this year. And for that, uh, they uh, will be very, very grateful, as will I, because you're going you're gonna to subsidize it for me. All right, how was that? Good. I, I even threw in a Christmas reference, right? Trying to make it a little bit more inviting, welcoming. Was you, that okay? You had me at subsidy. I, uh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, That's well played. I just <laughs> want to give everybody a heads up when we come back in on whatever it is, January the 6th, the 8th, whatever it is. And it turns out that Dace's kids did not have a very good Christmas. Just think it would have been worse had you not bought the book. That's right. And wait two weeks. If you don't like the book, put it on when you get it. Put it on a shelf. Wait two weeks and try it again. That, that's kind of how 2020 works, right? Just wait two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. That's the slogan for 2020. Now, today is a very, very big day for me because in the next hour, I am going to be trying Built Bar's newest flavor, and I am very, very excited. Just in time for the Christmas holidays, candy cane brownie. I am very excited. It's a limited edition. I'm very excited to try this. All right. Um, I, I, the new white chocolate sea salt caramel flavor from Built Bar is ridiculously good. I'm, I mean, seriously, if, if I just took it out of its wrapper and put it in a different package and put it that out on Halloween night for the trick-or-treaters with the candy bars, they would not tell a difference. That's how good Built Bars are. All right. Up to 20 grams of protein in every one. Best protein bar you have ever had. And it is not even close. Less than five grams of sugar in every bar. Less than 200 calories. Uh, well, way less than 200 calories in every bar. Well over 20 flavors now. They keep adding new ones. And they're all fantastic. And you want to try it. Trust me, you will not regret it. Go to Built Bar, B-U-I-L-T. That's BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code DACING at 20% off. At BuiltBar.com. 20% off with the promo code DACE. All right, coming up on today's show, normal Wednesday, order of business. Oh, let me say this first and foremost. Since we, since we reset the issue with the uh, viral cycle threshold for coronavirus testing through the PCR system, 
because of what Florida mandated over the weekend, that now all their labs have to start reporting what is the cycle viral threshold for a positive test at your lab. And we told you and urged you, hey, you guys are always asking us, what can you do? And, and, and a lot of times these days, we're feeling helpless because a lot of our elected officials just don't seem to care, right? And so what can we do to take things into our own hands that doesn't involve, you know, carnage in the streets, dissension, um, and getting banned on social media? Not that, at, hey, you don't want things to come to that. So what can we do short of that, right? Yes. And, and we said, hey, go to all of your states. And find out what the cycle viral threshold is for a positive test in your state. And I, I am getting legions of emails from you people. Thank you that are doing just that. It's pretty encouraging and inspiring, by the way. I was, I'm, I've been pretty excited to see how many of you have responded to this and come back and reported the non-answer that a few of you were given. But then most of you have actually gotten an answer or or. You came to me and said, hey, I couldn't get an answer. What's the good follow-up question? Now, I can't answer all of your emails anymore. I'm just getting too many with the way the show has grown. But I've tried to get back to as many of you as I can. I mean, I'm approaching at least 50 of you that have done this and reported back with your state's data. I've probably heard from almost every state in the country right now. That is very, very well done. Here's what I've also heard. Almost all of them have a, a viral cycle threshold setting above 30, 35 or higher. And remember, the systematic review from Oxford University that came out a few days ago, number one university in the world, said that anything over 30 was non-infectious, that that was kind of the barrier line, anything over 30. If you go back and look at CDC guidelines for PCR testing in the past with viruses and outbreaks, they've also indicated in past outbreaks that anything above 30 was unnecessary to consider infectious. And most of you are telling me that when you get to the number of your state or the lab in your state that you're able to get the data from, because different labs in different locales may have different settings going on. It's not uniform. That's why Florida is demanding that their labs report the number. They're trying to get a handle on it, right? Almost all of you are telling me that when you do get a number, it is well above 30. And so the question you're all asking me now is, what do we do with this? What you need to do with this, all right, that Oxford study is on all of my social media pages. At Steve Dace on Parler, at Steve Dace Show on Twitter, at Steve Dace on Facebook, at Steve Dace on MeWe. Go look at all those pages. You're going to find the link to that study. Here's what you need to do. You need to grab that study and then go and take the report you got from your lab or from your state. And you need to go to a counts, uh, you know, a, a county supervisor, a state legislator. Somebody involved in local government where you live. And you can show them, hey, here's what Oxford says. Here's what I'm being told is our sensitivity level. Can you, I mean, do your job now. Your job now is to find out if this is justified because I'm being asked to defer my freedom and I'm being asked to defer my kids schooling or put a diaper on their face over this issue and i'm entitled to know why are we setting something way beyond what the number one university in the world says we have to do all right and so this is now where you've got to take it to somebody in your local or state government that has some authority of oversight of these entities meaning they fund them subsidize them etc you need to take that data to them now and say hey 
you need to act on this. Otherwise, we're never getting out of this. Anything else on that before we move on with the show that you could think of I could encourage people or, or direct people to do for a next step? Oh, that doesn't leave anybody guessing. That's a perfect uh, targeted approach to this. Okay. All right, so Wednesday order of business, buy, sell, or hold coming your way starting at the bottom of the hour. Next hour, the weekly profit of woe and lamentation. Daniel Horowitz will be joining us. But before we get to all of those zany Christmas hijinks, here's Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by joining the party. Arkansas and Louisiana have now joined the Texas lawsuit against Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Georgia for their alleged constitutional violations in how they ran their November elections. Some reports indicate Alabama, Florida, Kentucky, Mississippi, South Carolina, and South Dakota have joined the lawsuit as well, but that's not yet been confirmed. Yesterday, the Supreme Court rejected the lawsuit out of Pennsylvania by Republicans Mike Kelly and Sean Parnell, challenging the constitutionality of universal mail-in no-excuse voting with the request to stop the certification of the Pennsylvania vote until the case was adjudicated. California Representative Eric Swalwell is in hot water after an investigation by Axios found he had a personal and professional relationship with Chinese spy named Christine Fang. Fang allegedly worked as a fundraising bundler for Swalwell and other politicians in California from 2014 on and had a sexual relationship with at least two Midwestern mayors. Swalwell cut off his relationship with the communist spy after federal investigators warned him of their suspicions. Speaking of California, a judge there has issued a decision in a case between the California Restaurant Association versus L.A. County regarding the latter's ban on outdoor dining. Judge James Chalfont says the county acted arbitrarily and failed to perform the required risk-benefit analysis. You don't say! According to the National Restaurant Association, more than 110,000 restaurants have closed permanently or on a long-term basis across the country over the last nine months as the industry grapples with the devastating impact of public policy responses to the COVID-19 pandemic. In New York, a bill has been introduced in the state legislature to mandate COVID vaccinations. In case you wondered what real leadership looks like, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has been continuing to to light the way recently with his handling of coronavirus. In terms of the healthcare system, look, the models that said that we're not going to have beds, mil- tens of millions of hospitalizations, obviously those were very, very wrong. I would say that uh, closing schools due to coronavirus uh, is probably the biggest public health blunder in modern American history. Also in Florida, you may remember the story of Florida Department of Health analyst Rebecca Jones. Back in May, she was fired from the state's Department of Health after allegedly modifying the state's COVID-19 website dashboard unilaterally without authorization. She claimed since that the state was misleading its citizens on coronavirus numbers. Well, now she's back in the news after she posted a video of a search warrant state law enforcement served on her residence, saying police pointed guns at her children and husband before seizing her laptop and phone. The search warrant was carried out during an investigation into a complaint by the Florida Department of Health saying someone had illegally gained access into the state's emergency alert system. The investigation showed that the hack originated from Jones's residence. The hack resulted in a message being sent out from the state's emergency alert system saying, quote, it's time to speak up before another 17,000 people are dead. You know this is wrong. You don't have to be a part of this. 
Be a hero. Speak out before it's too late, end quote. After the warrant was carried out, state law enforcement said in a statement, Jones was uncooperative and did not answer the door originally. To boil this all down for you, a belligerent bean counter at the Florida Department of Health was fired for attempting to cement a sense of panic in the state of Florida by altering its official COVID information dashboard website. That belligerent bean counter then took the additional step months later to hack into the state's emergency alert system to further spread what amounts to COVID propaganda was caught and is now playing the victim. But I'm sure there aren't any Rebecca Joneses in your local Department of Health. One more little note of import. The decline of Fox News Channel has continued as Newsmax TV notched their very first ratings win over the network. The win happened on Monday evening in the key 25 to 54 year old demographic. Greg Kelly reports on Newsmax outrated the story with Martha McCallum on Fox. Moving on into woke news, a well-known YouTuber by the name of Jake Paul recently had a celebrity boxing match with former NBA star Nate Robinson when Paul won by a brutal knockout. Paul went on some Vice Sports podcast with Jamel Hill and another host to talk about the fight when he was asked this question. Was it racist to knock a black man out? That is the question of the Oh, stop asking me that. (laughs) I said no. It's not racist. (laughs) Question, it's a sport. Why is it a question? Why is it a question? Because how does this have anything to do with race? It just, it doesn't. It's a fine question. We got to wake you up. You got to be a part of this conversation. (laughs) That's right. Finally, and speaking of vice, after massive layoffs at the lefty media company, a new service aims to help rehabilitate fired vice staffers. Ryan Long tells us more. I see sexism, racism in comedy and a minority that needs my help. This is literally an apple. You know, after leaving Vice, a lot of bloggers have trouble reacclimating into normal society. I see a victim. It's another victim. So this is a trailer. Not enough women. Well, let's just watch it first. So it's my job as a therapist to help them get in touch with the person they once were. Kind of interesting. The whole place is all white. Okay, you know what? Let's sit you back down. Let's get you back down. I keep having this recurring nightmare where they need my help, but I can't help them without my Vice job. Who needs your help, Daniel? The Latinxes. And that's what happened while we were away. Uh, Aaron's montage brought to you by friends over at home title lock. Do not get a crash course in home title theft the hard way. All right, because here's how home title theft occurs. Cyber thieves know that a lot of our home titles are kept online these days. So they go on there and forge your signature on a quit claim deed stating you have sold your home to them. And then they're going to take out loans against your home until all that equity is gone. And often you're not going to know about it until the collection calls pour in and many of your homeowners insurances and mortgage lenders will not protect you. But for pennies a day, home title lock will. And in the unlikely event that you become a victim of theft, while you're a member of Home Title Lock, they're going to spend up to a quarter of a million dollars in legal fees to help restore your home's title. So I guess one way of looking at this is when you go to Home Title Lock, they're putting another quarter of a million dollars on the table as insurance to guarantee their own service, to guarantee the protection of your home. So go to HomeTitleLock.com and register your address to see if you're already a victim. And then while you're there, use the promo code RADIO for 30 free days of protection. When you go to HomeTitleLock.com, use the promo code RADIO at HomeTitleLock.com. All right, let's let's get to what is inside of Aaron's montage. Um, Just before we went on the air, 
potential president elect what do we what do you even call joe biden right what, what is what, joe biden <laughs> let's just go with that joe all right joe biden said that he will initiate a national mask mandate now understand a couple of things about this one it's beyond irrelevant this is just all virtue signaling YouGov has been surveying mask compliance in countries all over the world. The U.S. has one of the highest mask compliances on the planet right now. It's at like 83% of the population is wearing masks. All right, so it's irrelevant, first of all. It's just irrelevant. There aren't too many places that you can even go nowadays without a mask. And I saw the announcement that CPAC is moving to Florida next year, right? And it's going to be an in-person event. And I think the story, I read our story, the Blaze's story about it, and it noted that Orange County in Florida doesn't doesn't have a local mask mandate. Um, And that Governor DeSantis is forbidding local governments, local municipalities from imposing one. That is all true, okay? But I I was just down in Orange County, Florida. (laughs) I was just there. And I can tell you, you, you can't go many places inside without wearing one this goes to the whole vaccine question we're gonna we're gonna discuss that in the overtime today by the way blazetv.com slash dace is where you can go uh to get today's overtime we're gonna tape it right after our daily program uh this afternoon and then it'll be uploaded for you to watch at your convenience later today blazetv.com slash dace if you are already a blaze tv subscriber and if you're not you can go there as well to become one at a discounted rate at blazetv.com slash dace but um this is how the ma- the vaccine will be mandated. I I don't think you're going to. Too many of you own guns. I, I don't think you're going to see in uh, a large swath of um, goose stepping um, brown shirts showing up at your door to check your vaccination. It's just simply going to be you are going to have a hard time buying and selling outside of your home without one. Particularly if you're going, if you're if you're doing any traveling. If you're, if you're leaving your locale, if they're already saying you can't come to our state because of this, I don't know why they didn't want to take the extra step and say you can't visit our state without blank, can't fly on our airlines without blank, right? right? That's the way I believe you're going to see it imposed is through the private sector. So it is true that Governor DeSantis has done those things. And, and I think I've been, I mean, my opinion on Governor DeSantis pretty clear recently i'm fairly high on him right yeah but it is not true that people are just walking around orange county florida hawking loogies into the air all right and and uh celebrating and and crying freedom then that's not happening when you go down there i was just there trust me that's not occurring okay but um what's going on in florida is you're seeing a governor of the third largest state in the country, one of the most diverse populations in the country, and one of the largest elderly populations in the country. I I believe the number of people that have died of COVID, even with our very, shall we say, um, sensitive method of reporting COVID deaths, Right, I believe the number of people under the age of 40 
that even with that methodology this year have have died with COVID is something like 3,500 in the entire country. And it's less than 5,000, I know that, in the whole country, under the age of 40. And how many of those have some sort of comorbidity? And, and I, I, would, I would, well, we know from earlier this year, the CDC already told us, I think it was in August or September, I don't remember when it was, that um, 6% of those who had died with COVID had no other pre-existing comorbidity. Just to clarify, because I don't mind getting, you know, nailed by the, since, uh, by the uh, social media. I don't mind getting nailed by fascist book or fake book uh or 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 spitter i don't i don't mind if i know i'm right I, I just take it i'm annoyed but i also take it as a compliment like that column on that vanderbilt kicker just must have just kicked them in the nuts to for for fake book to squash that column that bad i'll take that as a we're over the target you know what i'm saying yeah. you hit you whenever you throw a rock into a pack of dogs the one that yelped is the one that you hit Right. Yeah. Aaron okay. was jealous of me when I got banned from Twitter. He said, "You got it first, man." Yes. <laughs> uh, but but I am not going to get dinged for things I did not say. Okay. So this does not mean that only six percent of the deaths are because of COVID. It just it's the same thing with a flu or any other form of a contagion or an outbreak. All right. How much of that took a perfectly healthy being and then decimated them, and then how much of it decimated a being that was already fighting off other pre-existing conditions? Right. Okay, so that doesn't mean only 6% of deaths were actually because of COVID. It just means only 6% of the deaths had no other pre-existing comorbidity that would have caused them to have a weakened immune system or anything that would have made them susceptible to being attacked by coronavirus. Just wanted to clarify that, okay? But the number is 6% of of, total. The last time we've had that number checked, it was 6% of all deaths, regardless of age group, were people who had no existing comorbidity. Okay. What you what you've seen with the governor of Florida. And this is another reason why he's really high on my list. I love Christine Ohm to death. First of all, she's smart as a whip and smoking hot, okay? And I'm male and I'm not going to apologize for finding those two qualities attractive in a woman, all right? But um, she needs the first one to be an attractive candidate for public office, right? <laughs> right? Okay. Um, but but if we're if we're just keep, can we keep it real here? Absolutely. Okay. South Dakota or Florida? Which state politically requires more blowback for pushing back against the Branch Covidian cult? It's Florida. It's Florida. It's not even close. I mean, it's not. It's not even close, right? I mean, I, I, what are there seven Democrats in like the South Dakota state legislature? I'm I, I'm probably being facetious, but I don't think I'm off by that much. Okay. Um. It, now, now, Christy has become a national name, so she faces a lot more scrutiny than the average South Dakota governor would too. And and she has stood up to that and deserves credit right. for that, right? Okay. But in terms of the local infrastructure in her state, reining it in, corralling it, making it, molding it and, and forcing it to do your will, which we have seen the great, if, if Donald Trump is not sworn in for a second term on January 20th, the number one reason why that was his own fault is that he failed to do that as a president. 
And you saw that most of all with coronavirus, that he just outsourced his presidency to Anthony Fauci and, and Debbie bedazzle your face shield, even though now we're finding out they don't work. Burks, <laughs> right? Okay. Um, he outsourced his presidency to them for half of this year about and really never recovered. Never, never fully got back on offense after that as a candidate or as a president, right? Right. Okay. DeSantis is making the structure in his state move in his direction. He's not just giving speeches, not just tweeting things, not doing sound bites. He is he is he's got his hands on the nuts and bolts of government there. And I know I'm going to get an email from seven or eight Florida conservatives. Well, he didn't do this and he didn't do that and he didn't do this. Cool. And you're all probably right. But I can tell you as somebody that covers this on a macro national level, he is moving your Leviathan in directions we are not seeing really almost any other governor, governor in this country, regardless of how diverse their state is, moving theirs. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah. Now, let me take this back to Joe Biden's pledge today for a national mask mandate that is just a worthless virtue signal because you de facto already have one. You de facto already have one. What you're going to see, and I, I think I said this before the election, you know, we talked about what happens if Trump wins, that, that we're going to see some of these blue states are going to lock down now even harder to justify their psychosis, right? And then we talked about what would happen if Biden won. And I said, we are going to get an old school American lesson on the doctrine of the lesser magistrate, on, on the doctrine of interposition. These are things that were inferred and implanted into our system of government with multiple branches and the separation of powers by our founders. They intended for you at, in, on a state level to do things like this. You're going to get a lesson in this because you're going to see Biden attempt uh, to do some form of a lockdown without calling it a lockdown, mask mandates, right? But you're going to see red state governors, we, we specifically mentioned uh, Nome and DeSantis, their states are going to say, we're not doing that. In New York State, you're getting this right now. You're getting some sheriffs in some counties that are like, we are not going to enforce Andrew Cuomo's edicts any longer. The announcement yesterday that CPAC is going to Florida is, I believe, is a part of this. You'd be a fool not to think so. Yeah, the stage is being set for this. That that you are that Ron DeSantis and and, and I think we were the first media outlet that got Scott Atlas after his resignation. Yeah, at least. And and I was shocked them, yeah. that he came on. Yeah. Only because typically after an event like that, they they want to just let their statement stand for itself, right? right? I'm gonna predict right now, I think Scott Atlas is gonna qualify for residency, state tax in Florida, which they don't have, which so he's perfectly fine going down there a lot. But he's gonna he's gonna be in Florida so much in the next year or two, he's gonna qualify for residency if Joe Biden is sworn in on January twentieth. Then I, I think you are watching. I, there's a couple of people I know that Ron DeSantis has hired. I, I think they are marshalling forces down there. And, and, a, and, and I go ahead in a substantive way. That's what I love yes. about it. He yes. he really feels I've got to earn this. It's not just a uh, Mysterio parlor tricks. That's right. This and he is respects not, a girl yeah. like no, a gal like Noam enough. Like you're a real deal. I've got to beat you on the merits. I, this is not. Um, I have a soundbite. Right. Some of you aren't going to like this analogy. This isn't like build a wall. He is um, he is amassing a structure 
in order to substantively mm-hmm. burn this shibboleth down. And you're going to watch, even though I still believe that for millions of Americans, Donald Trump, if he's not sworn in January 20th, is going to be the Avignon presidency. He'll, he'll still do rallies and events. But on a substantive policy level, Florida is going to be the capital of what's left of America, like Texas was for much of the last decade. For the next couple of years, Florida is going to be that place, I believe. And Ron DeSantis is 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 going to be essentially the general of a of a guerrilla army of an of an insurgency against COVID Stan. That that's uh, against the Branch Covidian cult. That's what I believe is occurring here. And I don't think that's specifically why C- CPAC was moved there. I just think it's a symptom. CPAC moving there is a symptom of what is, is the is a is the result of what I'm talking about that or when 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 momentum starts swinging certain ways, events start organically happening that just kind of reinforce that. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I think that's one of those organic events. Same thing happens when momentum is going against you, too. Right. You know, your presidential candidate chokes in Tokyo right after saying, I don't, you know, hey, checking his watch at a debate, stuff like that. Okay. And I think you're watching now, we're being set up for Ron DeSantis versus everybody, basically. Ron DeSantis versus the world. And I think he's picking the fight from what I can tell. Like he's not, he's he's like, let's bring it on. Let's yes. do this. I'm, 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 I'll be your huckleberry. And it'll be something to watch here as we get early into next year, more in a moment. More and more, we are growing concerned with the detrimental impact of too much screen time for our kids, whether it's the content they can find online or the shortening of attention spans, the loss of creativity. Uh, Are there alternative ways uh, to engage our children and grandchildren in their free time? Well, that's where Annie's Kit Clubs come in. They've got the perfect Christmas gifts for both boys and girls. They've got a young woodworker's kit club, a monthly subscription that puts real tools into your child's hands, starting with, of course, every kid's favorite, the hammer. All right. Every month, your child will receive an all-in-one woodworking kit with all the materials and the tools kids need to make awesome projects with minimal supervision. And then for the girls, two fun craft projects every month, complete with easy-to-follow instructions. You can kickstart her creativity through painting, beading, and more. With Annie's Kit Clubs, kids will develop actual skills. Mastering real-world building or new crafting techniques while expressing their creativity. And if you want to try this for your children and grandchildren over Christmas, americaskitclubs.com slash Steve is where you need to go. That's americaskitclubs.com slash Steve. Save a whopping 75% off this great gift idea for your kids and grandkids at America's, I'm sorry, annieskitclubs.com slash Steve. I can't read. Annie'sKitClubs.com slash Steve. Save 75%. Order before December 15th to ensure Christmas delivery. Again, Annie'sKitClubs.com slash Steve. Order before December 15th. Take advantage of that 75% off. All right, let's get to this week's buy, sell, or hold. Who knows what topics await as Aaron opens up 
the mail suggestions from uh, parlor, Twitter, email, etc. Uh, Todd, you and I uh, will decide. Are we going to buy this? Could be a prediction, a statement, an opinion, a list. Are we going to buy it? We think it's got some legitimacy. Are we going to sell it because we think it's got none? Or are we going to put a hold on it because it's 2020 and nobody knows a damn thing? You ready to go? Always. Aaron, you're up. We're adopting the hybrid model this week for buy, sell, or hold. Some from Twitter, some from So Parler. trans, buy, sell, or hold? Yeah. All right. I like it. Yeah. We'll start with Blake Johnson who says, the side characters in Mandalorian are more interesting or compelling than the actual main character. I mean, are we including like Baby Yoda, I guess, then as a side character because the show is called Mandalorian. So we're saying there's only one main character, right? Yeah, Yeah, I think every character. Well, the last two episodes, I make that clearly a buy. I don't think it necessarily has to stay that way. The completed story arc could be amazing. But I mean, the last two episodes were just, I mean, Boba Fett and um, Ahsoka Tano. I mean, it was perfect. Yeah. I mean, these last two episodes have been dynamite. Um, Filoni and Favreau coming up with the idea let's let's reinvent Boba Fett as a Clint Eastwood style pale rioter anti-hero badass you know what I'm saying gun for hire yeah that's a great idea what they did um, I find the, the lead character interesting but I get where you're coming from and a lot of it is just because they've explored more of the the backstories of a lot of these other characters and they have Mando we, we got some of his backstory at the end of season one right but um, having him be such a structured character, though, provides an avenue and a bridge to explore the nuances right. of those uh, side characters, too. So I'll buy. I'll buy. Yeah, the Mandalorian, I mean, the, the original Star Wars and then the the, the prequels as well, um, you just felt like you were in this huge universe. The Mandalorian does that just so well. That's something that the last three movies just did not do, in my opinion. It's amazing. It's it's must watch every week. Jerry Davis says over under 60 percent states, judges and courts won't rule on the fraud in this election because they're afraid of the left. 60 percent, a good odd. Uh, Yeah, that they won't. That yeah. they won't. Yeah, they'll just punt pass. If you're just telling me a majority of them will punt or pass, I agree. How big that majority is, I don't know. But if if we're going with 60% because that's, you know, mm-hmm. a super majority, I, I would agree. Um, on that, on, on, in terms of the second part of your question of the motivation, I think that's a, a part of it, yeah. And then I think there's just the other part of it is, is that these people hate you. Right? I mean... Did we do we need do we need this election with mail order ballots? Is is this if this was the moment if this was a moment when when the federal judiciary in mass shanked you would it be an outlier event? No, no. Would it be unique? No. Would it be like wow? So this is what it feels like to get screwed by the courts? No. 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 It would be. Other day that yeah, fire up the talking head, same as it ever was, same as it ever was. That's what it would be, right? Yes. Okay. So uh, I I think cowardice is a part of it, yeah. And but I think a lot of it is he hate me. That's what I think a lot of it is. Yep, what he said. Next up, 
Nehemiah says some form of re-education camps will in fact exist in the future for true conservatives. I'm going to sell. And here's why. That before it ever got to that, there better be some damn Second Amendment going on. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm going to sell on those grounds. Because if a true... Cons- here, you know what? You're not any form of a true conservative if you allow yourself to go into a re-education camp. You're just, you're just not. You're a lot of other things, all bad. Some start with a letter P, but but um, none of them spell conservative if you allow that to happen to you. So you're a plebe and a few other things. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to sell on those grounds. I'll buy. It's called jail. I agree with Steve's premise about you know, you're not what what marks the true conservative, but you know you'll just simply be surrounded, beaten over the head, and said uh, this is how we're doing things now. We'll move on. The pursuit of happiness shall not be infringed. Says five worst Christmas treats in no particular order: Christmas nougats, Christmas candy corn, fruit cake, hard candy from the tin, fruit flavored candy canes. All right, let's leave that up there for a bit. Um, I don't know what Christmas nougat. I was going to start there. I don't know what those are, and 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 I'm, I'm kind of afraid until we're past 10 p.m. the safe harbor time. I'm I'm kind of afraid to ask. What, what are those? I have no you don't idea. know? No idea. Okay, let's all agree we're not going to try to guess. Okay, so just a simple yes or no question. Do you know what a Christmas nougat is? Are these like just to, just yes no. or no? Oh, they're no. like peppermint things. I think. No. Okay. Did you Google it? Yeah. Christmas nougats, handmade nougat candy. Uh, candy. Okay. They're, they're peppermint. All right. I've never heard of it. Okay. Uh, I'm not a candy corn guy whatsoever. It's not that I dislike it. I just don't get it. It's like nothing to me. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's largely flavorless. I don't, I'm just not a candy corn guy. Have you tried fruitcake before? Either one of you? Yeah. What'd you think? It's just kind of i mean i would never pick it it's not like eating tripe or something yeah, is it like, like liverwurst out of a out of a liverwurst is, cartoon liverwurst is good what? Oh. liverwurst is good only if uh caked in uh vinegar right no dark brown spicy mustard and onions it's glorious okay. yeah okay all right um yeah i've had fruit cake have you had it before aaron mm, not for a long I, time i didn't think it was that bad again i wouldn't like go out of my way to order it no but you know if 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 it smelled good and you cut it up for me and didn't tell me what it was and I tasted it, I'd, I'd like it. I didn't think it was that bad. All right. So uh, I'm totally with you on the hard candy from the tin thing. I'm not a hard candy from the tin for like any holiday. I'm with you on that. This Only if it's purchased from like a dollar store or something like that. Yeah. So that it's all stuck together and everything for months on end. Correct. Uh, you're, this is where you're going to tell me you love this stuff, right? No, now. no. I'm, okay. I'm, all right. Uh, and then what was the other one? Uh, fruit, fruit flavored, flavored candy, candy cans. cans. Yeah. I've not tried those yet. I've seen the um, cherry ones, cherry the, canes. The sweet tart ones. Are those good? See, I, I like the sour. I can eat sweet tarts and yeah. those are really good. But but fruit flavored candy canes, doesn't that sound like something I would like? It's, yeah. Yeah. So I gotta, I gotta, I love your screen name, but I'm going to infringe on your, on your proposition and sell it. I think you have a couple right. But um, 
I got to sell. Overall sell. Overall right. sell. I'll buy. I'm sufficiently uninspired by all that. So. Okay. Uh, Hunter Lucas says the Big Ten will set the record for the most teams in the NCAA tournament this coming uh, March. Current record is the Big East sent 11 in 2011. I saw that. don't think so. they'll send 12. Could they do 12? I don't know, man. Penn State fired its coach like a week before the season started. 12 out of 14. They just went on, they just went on the road and named the score against a ranked team in Virginia Tech. I mean, just name the score. It was like 24 to 5 or something to start that game. And that is supposed to be like your 12th or 13th place team this year. Um, we also don't have a lot of non-conference games. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so like that, the gaudy record. Because they can say all they want, you know, well, we look at who you played, not your record, blah, blah. And, and they do. They do. But there's still something to be said for if a team is, a, you know, 14 and 11 compared to, um, you know, 19 and 6. You know what I'm saying? Sure. It's like subconsciously, doesn't it just look like one team belongs in over the other? We're humans, right? Right. And a lot of that's out the window this year because everybody's only playing a maximum of five non-conference games. Unless you're in one of these exempt tournaments, but a lot of these tournaments, people had to bow out for COVID and everything else. So, I I was a little dubious. I mean, I thought the league was going to be really good, but was it going to be that good? I was a little dubious. And then I watched last night. I mean, that was Purdue blowing a 20-point lead and a friggin' meltdown away from... That was a curb stomp what the Big Ten did to the ACC last night. Now tonight you have night two, three of the three of the top teams in the conference. Well, we don't really know how many top teams there are in this conference because the start of the year with seven of them ranked, but three of those teams, Wisconsin, Michigan State, and Michigan, don't have games in this field because of COVID, right? Right. So if the Big Ten goes out tonight and comes away ahead of the ACC again without those three teams playing, then I'm a definite buy on this. I still think I'm going to be a buy. I think it's possible. I've actually watched a lot of college basketball around the country. And I'm telling you, I don't know how many leagues have a fifth place team as good as the ninth or 10th best team in the Big Ten is going to be. It's accurate. Yeah. I'll buy. It's a fun stat to beat. I'll buy. Next, Todd says, Steve would trade his soul for a pallet of pumpkin spice built bars. It's, no. getting, it's getting to be that. Point. No, no, I wouldn't way. trade my soul. I'd trade Todd's. <laughs> <laughs> I'd offer Aaron up. All right, but not my own. No. <laughs> How much would you pay? A man has some limits. How much would you pay for my soul, Steve? Uh, I, I just said so. Okay. <laughs> I, not, not even a box, just one of them. Uh, Tiny Johnny says, hate speech is a phrase coined by those who hate speech. That's very yep. well said. Yes. Yeah. Jacob yep. Hibbard says college football should adopt system of regular regu- relegation like soccer, where each power five <laughs> conference is connected to one or two group of five conferences. The worst power five team is relegated to the group of five and the best group of five team moves up to the power five for the next season. It's an interesting idea. Yeah. First of all, I'm just going to sell on principle. You started a proposition with college football should follow the lead of soccer. So... I, I was already at sell before Aaron even finished the rest of your proposition. I love the pregnant pause, but you man, your soccer that's a 
it's merit based, man. You got to love that. You got to acknowledge that. You have to. It is. It is on the professional level some to some degree, right? But but isn't that largely in like Western countries? Like do oh, you, I, like the Premier League does that, right? I, I yeah, I don't know if they have relegation in like, like the African League. If, if that's what you're asking, okay. I don't know. All right. By the way, can I go back to Built Bar since it was invoked a minute yeah. ago? I did try the candy cane brownie. Holy buckets, that was good. See, Brand new flavor what? for Christmas. Dude, I'm I am so in on Built Bar right now. I am so in. Yeah. This is the power it has over you. You just had an opportunity to talk about college football and you went Built Bar. Yeah. I, I know. I know. Next, Alexander Rogers says if a civil war was to break out in America, the majority of the GOP party apparatus would side with the Democrats. The GOP not punishing the left when we vote for them is not a bug. Of the party, it's a feature, as the two parties at this point agree on nearly everything. I wouldn't go so far as to say they agree on nearly everything, but I do think they have me- they they have multiple shared premises. Is that fair? Oh yes. Okay, and they share more premises with de- most of the Republicans you elect share more premises with Democrats than they do with you. And then the question really comes down to. The complaints that you both share against the Democrats, will that override the premises that they agree with them on once they are in office, right? But I, I think the, the overall flavor of what you're saying is accurate. I mean, there's a, there's a reason why you almost never, ever get to take the Democrats on and the Republicans always jump in the way and stop you from doing that. They're not stupid, They don't agree with you. I haven't used this analogy in a while, so allow me to bring it back. I'm a fairly smart guy. I'm fairly studied up on Islam. I've actually actually tried reading through the Quran multiple times. I've probably read the whole thing, just not in one sitting, just in the different time. It's a tough read because from a Western mindset, you're used to a linear fashion of, of, of storytelling. And this thing skips all over the place. All right. And it doesn't even have sections like the, the scriptures do, where this is the law, this is the prophets, this is the Pentateuch. It's 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 an entire work of stream of consciousness, allegedly uh, being dictated by a guy who was illiterate. Muhammad could not read or write. So if 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 I needed to sell Islam to to make a a, a cursory or surface level transaction with you happen, I know enough I could do it. But if you then put me up against people who are deeply committed to Islam and its nuances and its traditions and its histories, and you know, you've heard of the Hadith. Did you know there are actually several Hadiths, not just one? And have read all of these. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Could I, could I stand up against them? No. And I'd look kind of stupid doing it, right? Sure. Is it that is it that I'm stupid? Or that I just don't agree with what I'm being asked to stand up for. You know what I'm trying to say here? That's what most Republicans are. They're not dumb. They just don't agree with you. Back 
with Hour 2 live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Aaron McIntyre, Todd Erzin, and all of you. Let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox. You can like us on Facebook at Steve Dace, on our new MeWe page, which is the free speech alternative to Facebook, uh, at Steve Dace there as well. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show, over on Parlor at Steve Dace, which is your free speech alternative to Twitter. And then you can also check out our new YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Steve Dace. And the last name is D-E-A-C-E. If you're a podcast listener, thank you very much. We appreciate you so much. Please, though, show your appreciation for us by hitting that subscribe button if you haven't already, leaving us a five-star review if you like the show, if you haven't done those things already, wherever you choose to podcast from. Because the more of you that do this, the more it will help the show to grow. And we want to thank all of you that have chosen to do so already. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, our good friend, the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz will be joining us. But if you are looking for a last minute Christmas gift idea, might I suggest one of the greatest gifts of all meat. All right. Omaha Steaks is here with their brand new deluxe grillers assortment. It includes perfectly aged top sirloin steaks, along with other incredible meats, amazing sides, and those famous Omaha Steaks desserts. And right now you can get that mouthwatering package. Plus... Four free burgers and a free digital meat thermometer at an exclusive price when you go to omahasteaks.com and use the promo code DACE in the search bar. Again, omahasteaks.com with the promo code DACE in the search bar. That's extra uh, burgers plus an extra gift that should be on the Christmas shopping list for any serious griller. So you can deliver this perfect gift to someone you love. Or yourself, because you love you some you. All right, go to omahasteaks.com. And again, all backed by 100% money back guarantee, because they know you're not going to want your money back. You're going to want more of these instead. Omahasteaks.com, promo code DACE, D-E-A-C-E. All right, let's get to part two of Buy, Sell, or Hold. Aaron. We'll go next to Elliot Evans, who says the movie theater industry will cease to exist within 10 years as others follow Warner Brothers' lead, releasing all new releases online. I'm going to sell. I, I think the master plan here actually is to put AMC, Cinemark, and Regal out of business so that the studios can now own the theaters as well. That they can, that, that one way you make up for, the, for a democratized environment where now we have, you know, streaming and everything else, okay, and Netflix, Amazon, all these other services. One way you make up for, um, the dilution of profit margin in a democratized market is to own both sides of a market. Meaning you are buying and selling to yourself, for yourself. Your, your salespeople are selling, for example, um, you own the mall. And then you own the Dillard's or, um, well, it used to be Yonkers. They're gone now. But you, you, you own the tentpole store in the mall at the exact same time, right? So you've got both, you're, you're getting a cut of both sides of the action. I think that's going to be the master plan. I, and I think what you'll see, and it'll be sooner than 10 years, I think you're going to see Netflix and or Amazon own one of these major theater chains. And there's regulations that forbid, I believe, uh, forbid the studios from owning this on the supply end but I think those regulations are going to be lifted soon. And I think the master plan here is actually is to 
keep it now all in-house where they control both the means of production uh, and, or distribution, I should say, as well as the means of production with the content. Uh, that sounds reasonable. I'll, I'll set aside the ownership for it and say it has a lot to do with how many people are like Christopher Nolan who came out and criticized uh, this decision if it has any legs long term and, and saying you know, movies belong in movie theaters. But if if he's just a minority and nobody cares at this point, uh, I don't know. Well, he's not. Disney has now come out and said they are not. Oh, good. They're not going to do next year what Warner Brothers did, and they've experimented with it a little bit. They tried it with Mulan. It didn't work. Now, what they did with Mulan though is they started a streaming service and then put it on their streaming service and told people that had been members of that service for almost a year, you have to then pay extra on top of this for this film on our that's exclusive to us on our streaming service. And 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 a lot of people just decided, well, you're putting this movie out in what, September? And in the 1st of December, I just get it as part of the package on my streaming service and it is available on Disney Plus now. I'll just wait and do it then, okay? So that's the other reason why I don't think the theaters will go out of business is because you would prefer to own both sides of the transaction than cannibalize the one side of the transaction that you do own. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Okay. Up next, we'll go to Marcus Spear, who says the Washington football team will win the NFC East and a playoff game. Well, we had that one year, we've talked about it before, where the Seahawks won their division at 7-9, and nine, right? And got to host, I think it was the Saints. Yeah. Yep. And then won a playoff game. Right. Okay. Um, so you would get a home playoff game. Now, there aren't going to be any fans in the stands in D.C. Uh, you know, what's funny is in my NFL pool, where I'm up against like 70 handicappers around the country, I actually picked the Redskins. Uh, and it's only... In, in this one, you're just picking winners, not the spread, because in the NFL, about 80% of the time, the team that wins the game covers the spread. So I actually picked the Redskins in this pool to beat the Steelers. Hmm. And there were two reasons I did it. One was just, I'm going to fade the team that's 11-0, because how often do teams go undefeated? Not very often. You know what I'm saying? Just, sure. There's too much, that when, when that oblong ball starts bouncing around, too many bad things can happen to you to just be perfect all the time. But secondly, I just thought... It, it would kind of be a 2020 story on the good end, like 2020 y'all, but on the good end for a guy that we weren't sure was going to like walk normal again a couple of years ago. Or possess both legs. Or possess both legs to begin with, right? Yeah. Come back and beat, you know, um, the first Steeler team to start like 11-0 and since they were the Steel Curtain. That would kind of be a Hallmark Christmas sure. movie story. And so that's why I did it and it worked out that way. I don't know. I'm, I, I could pick them to win a playoff game at home because the NFC is so diluted. I just don't know if they're going to win that division. Yeah, I'm selling. So just I'm going to sell on, on that ground. The Giants also just beat uh, the Seahawks. Yeah, on so the road. Yeah. It's, I have no problem with either one of those beating somebody uh, in the uh, NFC playoffs because the, the NFC does not have any juggernaut. They've got some, you know, solid teams, including one of my Packers, but the, yeah, the Packers, I mean, the Packers lost to the Vikings this year. It's possible. Like if you look at the top two teams in the AFC South, Tennessee and Indianapolis, if they were in the NFC, I think I would pick both of them to win the NFC. Um, You know, what you have in the NFC is you have a lot of teams that 
are great at something, yeah. but have massive holes everywhere else. Okay. I mean, the, the Packers have an all time great quarterback who's pissed off and has something to prove and is letting people, feel, you know, uh, pay. Somebody had to pay for for that poor Utah State kid getting drafted. Yeah. All right. Um, but the rest of their team is just kind of, eh. Um, the Seahawks are kind of the same way. Their defense is awful. And so you can see when Russell Wilson's not putting up Peyton Manning 2013 numbers, what do you see the last couple of weeks, right? Or you just see him lose to the Giants. Uh, it's so weird to say that because just five years ago, the Seahawks had like one of the best of defenses yeah. in yeah. football since yeah. perhaps the Ravens. Yeah. Yeah, but the rest of their that defense, their defense is awful. Everybody knows how bad the NFC East is. Um, I I kind of think the most complete team in the NFC is the Saints, but but will Drew Brees be back or not? That to me, that's the question. You know, with the broken ribs and everything else. So if I've got a healthy Drew Brees, I think they are clearly the most complete team in the NFC. Without him, though, you're you're kind of running a one dimensional offense with Taysom Hill. You know, uh, it's just. I look at Indianapolis and Tennessee, and I, I see more complete teams than any team in the in in the NFC right now. And those are two teams that could lose their opening playoff games in the AFC. So there you go. Next up, conservative hedgehog says top three space movies of all time. I think he mean, means like not Star Trek. Uh, well, I guess no. I guess he does have Star Wars in there. Uh, he has number one, two thousand one, a space odyssey already sold. Selling two, now. yeah, two. The Empire Strikes Back and three. Alien selling now. Uh, selling tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, have you ever seen two thousand one A Space Odyssey? Ever seen it? Oh yeah. If you watch, you've watched it like all the way through. Oh yeah. Okay. the The last line of dialogue in the movie is when uh, Dave says, "Oh my God, it's full of stars!" Right? Mm, yeah. And then, like the next fifteen minutes is like a. A Led Zeppelin tribute to Aleister Crowley or dun, something, dun, right? Dun. All right. Is there, there like going a floating, through the floating like fetus in yes. space? Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, you here? You we haven't. I haven't seen this trending on Twitter in a while. Um, my unpopular opinion. Okay, 2010, the sequel with Roy Scheider is a far better movie than 2001. Now, 2001. From a special effects standpoint, absolutely set the stage for a lot of the stuff that we were able to take for granted later on. And then Lucasfilm and what eventually became Industrial Light and Magic took that to a whole new level, right? But no way is that a better film than Empire Strikes Back. No way. No how. No way is it a better film than even A New Hope. No way, no how. I don't even think it's a better film than Return of the Jedi, frankly. Um, so, No. And I actually think the sequel, 2010, is a better movie from a storytelling standpoint. Have you ever seen that one? I've never seen 2010. Right, 2010 is where the monoliths now show up on Europa. One of the, because uh, they show up on the moon in 2001, right? Mm -hmm. Now it shows up on Europa in Jupiter, uh, one of Jupiter's moons. But, 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 the, but the moon is beginning to implode into the monolith. And so the, the Soviets... And uh, the Americans are this close to a nuclear war, but concerned about what is going on out there. They send a joint delegation to go out to Jupiter and try to figure out what, what this strange occurrence is that's going on orbiting Jupiter. Okay. 2010 is a much better movie. And his third one was Alien. Yep. I'm okay with that. Wouldn't be on my list, but I mean, that's an all time classic, but I got to sell on number one, bro. Sell hard. 
Yeah, I'll sell. I can think of, I, I, it sounds like you're talking about just fiction movies that you don't want, like Apollo 13. That's a fantastic spaceflight movie, the yep. right stuff. But yeah. I, I don't think that's the vibe you're going for. I mean, first of all, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, not on your list. Yeah. Dude foul. But thank you. And then, yeah, the the numerous Star Trek movies, um, you know, including the, you know, the the JJ reboot, the first one, which is uh, outstanding. So, yeah, I'll sell. Next, Ed Grant says the show theme for 2021 should be you voted for this. I will tell you, I have contemplated that. I haven't told you guys that yet. I've got like a list in my head. I have contemplated that one, though. Um, So... I, I'll buy that it, it's yeah it's 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 on the list. Whether that will ultimately be what the theme is, I don't know. But I'll buy Ed that it's 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 on my list. Yeah, same same. All right. Uh, next up, just here so I don't get fined. Said Elliot Page continues to collect royalty checks rightfully due to Ellen Page, despite the fact that Ellen Page is no more. This is what we were talking about yesterday. Bye. How do you, if you're the accountant, how do you handle that? Does anybody know how you deal with that? I mean, is Ellen Page... Here's my letter of resignation. If Ellen Page is a dead name, can Elliot Page just get out of paying taxes on any of those royalties? Not just a name, a gender. I mean, he's... So it's like, well, doesn't he have cover? Like, you, so you're the one who's going back and... He, she plays a girl on the Umbrella Show, isn't it? Yeah, Umbrella Academy. I, I don't even know what that is. What is it? It's a Netflix show. It's, but isn't so? Huh, he, how do I not know what this he is? Is, is? It good? I've I watched one episode a, and I fell asleep. Some kind of superhero thing. Well, that isn't doesn't it? tell me much, but I don't know nothing about it. But I think she. It's a superhero thing on Netflix. Yeah. And I don't even know what it is. Okay, guess I'm getting old. Right. Uh, moving on, here's some parlor suggestions. KB Redinger says, one of the real reasons that the U.S. Space Force exists is to maintain our communications with aliens in outer space. Buy, sell, or hold. Uh, All right, so before you, hold on. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Before you answer. I am going to make, who sent that? Uh, KB Redinger. Okay. Can you grab that and reset that next Tuesday? Sure. All right. So I'm making an executive decision. All right, next Tuesday, we Todd has finally watched the Amazon documentary, The Phenomenon. I've now watched it twice. I watched it with my wife the other night. You've seen it, right, Aaron? Yes. Okay. Has your wife seen it? Or yeah, we watched it you together. You watched it together. Yeah. All right, okay. So we are going to do a show about this next week. We're going to combine fake news or not. With Pop Culture Tuesday, and we are going to discuss the phenomenon. And and one of the one aspect of this conversation is what are the possible explanations for for both these occurrences, and then the fact that now the government, after all of our lives, going Frank Drebin, nothing to see here now suddenly is regurgitating can't stop regurgitating validation for this and that's why we're not going to answer your question now because it's going to be part of our conversation next week okay so we're going to table that one next up 
Andrew Bachman says the litmus test for genuine liberty-loving political leader post-pandemic is this, whether or not their immediate instinct is to work on repealing or reforming the emergency powers given to the executive branch during a public crisis. Bye. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, no. it's a good one. So I'll buy two. That's a good one. Yeah. This is, I mean, if they have a bad answer to that, it's a non-starter. Yep. And I don't care what they think about almost anything else. And I absolutely mean that. There's there, If you are willing to be this much of a eunuch on fundamental American principles, you're not going to fight for anything you claim to believe, whether it's life, marriage, you're just not going to do it. And that brings in, by the way, and I won't name them, but that net is going to drag in some big yep. red, blue check marks. <laughs> uh, next. Uh, Josh Indahl says Sean Payton for coach of the year. In the NFL, that's the Saints coach. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, they did this last year without Drew Brees, went undefeated with Teddy Bridgewater. Now he's doing it, though, with a guy that was, a, you know, started the season listed as a tight end on fantasy services. I'm, I'm not opposed to it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not like, it's not like anathema to me. Um, so, and I'm, I'm kind of doing a survey off the top of my head of who else uh, I'd, I'd have on there. Right now, despite uh, what we just talked about, the, the, the Steelers coach, Mike Tomlin. Mike is, Tomlin, I could see. Is absolutely in the running. I, I could see Sean McVay with the Rams. You know, last year they had a very disappointing year. They lost a lot of talent replaced their defensive coach, coaching staff, and they're they're looking like they're going to win that division right now. Um, so I could see McVay being a candidate. It, it feels like there's somebody obvious that we're missing. Is there somebody obvious we're missing? Ron Rivera for what he's going through, potentially, depending on how their season... Could, if they win the division, yep, and and he's and then you have a quarterback that nearly lost his legs and everything else. I I could see that being a sentimental pick, but this is the rare case though, where I, where it, it, I don't mean it to sound condescending or trite. Like most of the time when someone's a sentimental pick, you're, you're saying, Hey, we're throwing you a bone emotionally. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of case though, where his, his overall case would at least have him considered if they win the division. But then when you throw in his own personal story, navigating that on top with the cancer on top of everything else. Okay. I, I I could see that. I could see Ron Rivera. You bet. I could see I that. I don't know much about, I couldn't even name who their coaches are, but I'm thinking, I just tried to rattle. Um, Buffalo, Cleveland, depending on how they finish out. Uh, Cleveland has a rookie coach. I, his name escapes me. But I can't I could remember see, Buffalo's I, coach either. Uh, and he's a really good offense. Is, his, is, is, is Sean McDermott. Sean McDermott. There yeah. we go. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I can't remember Cleveland's coach, but he's a rookie coach. I could see that one. I mean, you look at the injuries they've had. They've gone without Nick Chubb a lot this year. They've gone without OBJ a lot this year. Yeah, I could see that one too. Yeah. Next up, we've got Ian Blanchard, who says a majority of the athletes and coaches believe masks and other mitigation strategies are pointless during team activities and being around each other, but don't dare speak out due to the fear of backlash. Hard buy. I'm all in on that. Yeah. They have to. I mean, they have to. It's just you watch college basketball. These guys are sweating over all over each other for tens of minutes at a time, and then yep. they go back to the bench, put on their mask, and sit six feet apart. Doesn't your wife's your sense. wife's a nurse. What yeah. would she say about the efficacy of a mask once you start sweating into it? 
uh, it, it goes, uh, whatever, whatever it was, it's, it's halved. Yeah. Yeah. So from zero to <laughs> 0. 0.0. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Uh, next, Sam Buckled says the Biden policy of 100 days of federally mandated masking and lockdowns will miraculously stop the spread of the virus and the Democrats will be the savior of the nation. I, I definitely think if you if you time this out. That either they are unintentionally stumbling into now, if you try to be fair. 100 days. And it's hard to be fair in the middle of a cold civil war, right? It, like it's like in the eighties, it was kind of hard to be. It was hard to be fair judging the Red Army hockey team. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And then when Fatisov and Larionov and those guys went to play for NHL teams, you could judge them more fairly when they weren't wearing that uniform. You know what I mean? When it when it, you're in the midst of a cold war, and we are in a civil level, it's it's hard to look at things objectively when they're coming from the other side because you assume there's always some kind of an angle to get over on you, right? Yeah, but we're still commanded to love our neighbors. We love ourselves. So we should be noted or we should note that 100 days is, is this isn't the first time someone has come into the, the would come into the office of the presidency with a first 100 days pledge of some sort, this, meaning that this isn't an outlier symbolic gesture, right? Most presidents have a, have a first 100 days plan, right? This is not new. Yes. Okay? So it's either they're just throwing that hundred days out there because that's just kind of what presidents traditionally do, you know, with an initiative or they are subconsciously acknowledging the seasonality of this. Because if you go a hundred days from January 20th, right? Mm-hmm. February 20th is 30 days. March 20th, 60 days. April 20th, 90 days. We're going to about the first of when. Spring, May, first of spring in May, hard, the, the, the heart of spring, I should say around the first of May. Yeah. Past the rainy season in a lot of places in the Midwest and the East coast stuff is blooming. I don't know. Seems awfully coincidental if you know what I'm saying. Right. Well, which is why yeah. to the extent that I now will occasionally put on a mask, um, it's never going to happen. I'm done. I'm absolutely done. If the, if this mandate kicks in, you got to fight back on it. Then there's eh, there's there's no no way of conceding the psyop uh, in our direction. If you acquiesce at that point, you have to push back. See, this is what I believe the mask thing all along. Well, it's it's a it's a it's a talisman. We've we've talked about that. It's a it's a talisman of virtue signaling for a pagan progressive religion. But politically, the purpose that it serves and why you're seeing even a lot of Republicans buy into this that are in office is that it's the perfect vehicle to do what most the vast majority of politicians want to do more than anything else. Um, escape any form of accountability. So if if there's a mask mandate and cases go down. All right. So there's been a mask mandate in Texas since July the 3rd. Cases went down there. So the masks worked, right? Right, right? Okay. Okay. They've had a mask mandate in New York State since April 17th. Cases are going up. How does the governor of New York respond? Mask up! See, you weren't masking hard enough. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's, 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 it's the perfect deflection mechanism. If cases go down, so they've had a mask mandate in, in Los Angeles since like April 24th or April 30th or something. Cases are skyrocketing there, right? 
Mask up. Well, you've had a mask mandate for six months. Why weren't they working the entire time? So the, the, the flexion mechanism is, if cases are going down while my mask mandate is in place, I my policies work. And if cases go up while my mask mandate is in place, you're not masking up. And, and they deflect their blame to you. That's what this is about. That's why you got to blow it up. Next, D. Matthews 7222 says, by 2024, several states will adopt a vote-by-internet platform. Uh, unless, you have a, unless the Republican Party develops a form of testicular fortitude that we have yet to see in my lifetime. Hitherto unseen. Uh, yeah, then this is, a, this is an easy buy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This game sucks. Yeah. Next. Hey, your medical records are online. You do your taxes online. You buy online. What's why you vote online? Right. Those are going to be the arguments, right? Yep. Right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, next, CG man says before the end of the Harris presidency, religions that require faith, the belief in something for which there is no tangible proof, will be labeled as a mental illness. Labeled by I'm I'm game on this. Labeled by who? Just labeled. Oh, bye then. If it's that loose. Yeah, I, yeah. see, but I, it is I now. here's why I'm going to sell. Because I don't think that requires Kamala Harris or Joe Biden nope. or Bernie Sanders or Caligula in the White House. There, There is, in, in, in fact, I could kind of make the argument that if Trump had won a resounding re-election, it would have been more likely <laughs> that yeah. the health uh, minute, the trans uh, training madness, mentally ill health minister yeah. of Pennsylvania would have done this. Sure. You people voting for him again. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. That this is trending this way, regardless of who the, 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 the elections are not spurring culture. Culture is propelling the elections. OK, so this spirit of the age is going there regardless of outcomes and is probably more likely to go there if someone like Trump had won re-election. It would go there even faster. So I'm going to sell. Next up, Corey Tracker says the alleged election fraud could have been avoided if states had state electoral colleges and each county had electoral votes. I'm, I'm going to sell, Corey. And it's not because you're not technically right, but because... If we were the people capable of, of the level of sophistication that you are describing here, we wouldn't be talking about, we wouldn't this. Be talking about this. Exactly right. The, the issue isn't that we don't have laws. It's that we don't care about the law. That's the issue. All right, the issue's here, man. It's in the ticker. That's the issue. The issues, th- these are affairs of the heart. And out of the heart, the mouth speaks. And it, it just as it's, you know, not what goes into your body that condemns you, but what comes out, the same thing is true here. It's, it's, it's not the lack of procedural precision that is dooming us. It is that we have no regard or care for procedural precision. All we care about is the outcome that we want. That's it. And I don't think there is a process or, you know, we're not a nation of laws. We never have been. We're a nation of political will. And we always will be. So, I, I, I mean, I'll just, if, if I, if I want to 
is my platform. Yeah. Any 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 process that you come up with to rein me in, I'm going to violate unless you hold me accountable and forbid me from doing so and then punish me when I try. Correct. The lesson of the, of the last four years is, the lesson of the last four years is, it's not immoral, it's not unlawful, as long as I got what I wanted. Yes, yeah, that's that's the lesson. Or as you like to quote years. George Costanza all the time from Seinfeld, it's not a lie if you believe yep. it. Yeah, it's not cheating if it's what I want. It's not illegal if I don't agree with it. Right, that's the issue. Yeah. All righty, here let's do rapid fire. We've done this before. Buy, sell, or hold these NFL teams in the playoff hunt. Steelers, obvious buy. Buy, buy. Meaning making the playoffs or doing something in the playoffs. Making the playoffs. Okay. A uh, Bills. Buy. Yeah, buy. Titans. Buy. Browns. Bye. Dolphins. That's close. Uh, That's yeah, close. I'll, I'll, I'll buy. Sell. Okay. Colts. Buy. See, I kind of think if you got to buy one, you got to sell the other, yeah. don't you? Yeah. Buy. Okay. So maybe I'm a sell on the Dolphins and then a buy here on the Colts. Okay. Uh, on the bubble, Raiders. Sell. Sell. Ravens. Sell. Sell. Patriots. Sell. Sell. Going over to the NFC if this will load fast enough. Uh, Packers. Buy. Rams. Buy. Giants. Buy. Sell any team from that division on principle. Seahawks. Buy. Buccaneers. Buy. Vikings. Sell. Sell. Cardinals. Buy. Sell. I think it's either the Cardinals or the Vikings probably, right? One of those two? I think? Yes. Okay. The Weekly Prophet of Woe and Lamentation, Daniel Horowitz, will join us next. Stay tuned. Travel being what it is might be harder to get home for the holidays this year for some of us than ever before. And if you've got loved ones, particularly mom, grandma, uh, parents, significant others who are hit hard by this, how about some flowers from our friends over at Bloomsy Box? Uh, They have a tremendous sale right now, 25% off, and and Bloomsy Box just simply better blooms. Uh, The smile on that face of someone uh, when they get your holiday flowers, picture that, you know, Makes you kind of feel a little uh, warm inside as well. Bloomsy Box has spectacular flowers, sustainably grown on family farms around the world. And that means your flam- your flower gift is going to be handpicked and arranged right there at that farm to help deliver straight to your door so they stay fresher longer. Got my wife some Bloomsy Box flowers. What? Uh, like almost three weeks ago now. They're just now beginning to fade, okay? So you want to take advantage of this sale right now, 25% off. If you go to Bloomsy, just, you know, the word bloom, flowers, bloom, get it, uh, add an S-Y. Bloomsybox.com, enter the promo code Steve to get that 25% off a discount right now at Bloomsybox.com, promo code Steve. All right, let's bring in uh, the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, our good friend Daniel Horowitz. How are you, my friend? Steve, any day that the two of us could still get together and not get thrown in jail is still a good day. <laughs> it's funny because it's true. That's, yes. Wait till next year. Yeah. This is, and, and I mean, you could just feel like there was even a tinge of optimism, a tone there undergirding as he spoke there for almost a moment, almost a moment of it, right? Like, 
we haven't been arrested can, yet. Next week, can we put a graphic up, Aaron, with bars across the screen that yes. the two of them are speaking behind? Yeah. Nice. Right. So, Daniel, let's get to the fight on voter fraud here. I, I said yesterday, I opened up the show talking about the Texas case. My understanding, looking at my Twitter, uh, is Rush Limbaugh's talking about it right now as we speak as well. Uh, he's reading a piece from Julie Kelly at American Greatness that we just had on with us on the overtime here last week. Talking about the Texas case. Now, two states have confirmed they are joining. There were reports last night, though, that it might end up being as many as eight states joining this. The Supreme Court has told the other states who are being sued they have until Thursday uh, to uh, answer the initial inquiry uh, as to these challenges. It seems to me, and maybe I'm wrong, I'm not a lawyer, I've just defeated a lot of them in arguments, but it seems to me that we are finally asking and adjudicating the questions that we needed that we can expect to get some answer to i i, I can't unravel the dominion corporate flowchart between now and january 20th right i can't do that but but yep. but who makes election law and what is an election and when is it held and who decides when it expires and what an actual vote is and and what's the what's the deadline to vote etc these are things we should be able to get some clarification on particularly because i think you and i both know we're never putting now this mail-in voting genie back in the bottle is here to stay because that's always what happens when republicans finally relent on something to democrats they never take it back later on so it, it seems like 36 days now after the election we are finally adjudicating the germane questions that we could probably get answers to. Am I wrong? Sure, Steve. I mean, I'm just looking now to get the page numbers for your listeners because it's a long PDF. It's like 130 pages. But if you look at page 14 to, let's say, page 33 or so, not a lot to read. It's spelled out in bullet points. I think the Ken Paxton lawsuit gives the best presentation of four states and it's a common thread, very simple, that we all saw this coming. We all knew it. We have 10 to 30 times as many mail-in ballots than ever. That entire ability was built off of things that are known to have violated each respective state's law. The federal constitution is very clear that only the state laws govern what goes on. Uh, another court can come in and an executive cannot come in and change that. Therefore, it infects the entire electoral college process of our states. Like, imagine if we hold an election, follow our laws. OK, you want to have different laws? Fine. But you better follow them. And then let's say you come in and say, we're going to have Internet online voting. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I have a right to take you to court as another state and say, hey, let's at least get a declaration. We're not even asking for a remedy of determine who won the election. That's not the job of a court. But just to say what the law is, were these ballots lawful? And they demonstrated clearly that the margin of the ballots that were cast not pursuant to law, that's what the curing, you know, they were able to cure the ballots, but only in Democrat areas, Allegheny and Philadelphia counties. They were able to not have verified signatures, and in a number of cases, they didn't have the Republican poll watchers being able to watch them, and they were all mixed in. And then they didn't get so much into the fraud, Steve, because, again, that's not the point. We're not trying to prove that, but just to know that if you look at the basic data we've been reporting on, the rejection rates compared to other years are almost impossibilities. You put that all together— Straight up, give us a declaration. Is the are these votes lawful or not? And I think it is very hard for them to ignore this lawsuit. But Steve, 
conservative judges have a penchant for being a stickler and making the law an ass in a way that the Constitution is a is a suicide pact when the other side could violate the Constitution five times over within that case. But your case doesn't quite have the gestationability, the standing and the redressability. And that's what that's really where my concern is. If they go down that road. What is the message that you think we should receive? And by we, I mean our audiences. Okay, what 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 message should we receive? If I, I'm getting conflicting reports now on is it four or it's typically four to get served on a case? Is it five yep. on this one though? Because they're asking the court to essentially hold a trial between them and the other states. Is my understanding is how this lawsuit would work? That they this is these are one one group of states suing another group of states, and the and the Supreme Court is essentially now holding a trial, not an appellate style of hearing, right? Okay. Yeah. So it's original jurisdiction. Right. Okay. Right. So, but if it's four or five, three of the judges were appointed by the president that's on the receiving end of this. And then the other two guys are Alito that you and I both think is somewhat of at least a good judge, maybe not great, but he's a fairly decent Supreme Court judge. And Clarence Thomas that you and I think is kind of, you know, Antonin Scalia's brother from another mother, right? Okay. With, with, the, with three of your own appointments and Alito and Thomas on the court, if you can't get all five of them, I'm not even going to talk about Roberts or the three remaining uh, out of the closet lefties. If you can't get those five to say, given the gravity of this moment, we have to at least hear this. Maybe it's frivolous. Maybe it'll get thrown out. Maybe it's bunk. But given the gravity of the moment and the precedent of mail-in voting is setting here in the future, we have to hear this. If they won't, what's the message then to our audience? The message is that the court is a one-way street and a dead end. For conservatives and patriots, the message is that cons- that courts exist of, by, and for criminals and illegal aliens. They never have technicality issues. They never have standing issues. Just this week, um, a, a federal judge was able to t- t- tell Trump, "You have to issue uh, citizenship documents to all illegal alien Obama DACA's because Obama still has a third and now, I guess, a fourth term. He could do whatever he wants." Um, there's rights to have public homeless encampments. There's rights to transgender surgery and state prison authorities in Idaho have to pay for it. Um, everyone has a right, but what actually does violate the law and the Constitution, then we're sudden, suddenly going to always have reasons why it can't go through. And as I've always warned, the entire concept of, of judicial relief in any way is always going to be a one-way street for us. So we may as well just join in the Dems in, in delegitimizing the courts because they've already delegitimized themselves. Georgia has a new legal front that's developed here as well. Uh, the RNC now has injected itself. One of its attorneys, Cleta Mitchell, has filed a suit down there. Congressman Chip Roy was talking about it on our show yesterday. You know Chip as well. Um. This is under the backdrop now of the president is, I think in this case, I I disagree with him back in June, but in this case, I think he's rightfully going after Brian Kemp publicly, the governor, who keeps saying that he wants a, a, a signature audit recount and keeps calling for one. And yet somehow, even though he's the chief executive officer of the state, somehow isn't empowered to make it happen. 
All right. And a lesser office, Secretary of State, somehow can withstand his call for conducting this. Um, I'm not sure how that works. And that guy is supposedly a Republican as well. And then over the weekend, one of the Republican candidates in the runoff there, incumbent Senator David Perdue, was doing a joint television appearance and said that uh, he looked forward to a Biden cutting deals in a Biden presidency that he just wasn't able to do when Donald Trump was in office. And all this is going on now while the president himself says, hey, this is the most important Senate runoff election of all time. You have to vote for these two. The president's children are all over the media. You've got to vote for Loeffler or Purdue or America's over. Some of our own friends are on Twitter daily lecturing and, uh, you you know, uh, pimp slapping MAGA people who don't want to vote for Loeffler and Purdue because they think the GOP has left Trump out to dry. While at the same time, Trump is doing rallies down there. What the hell is this? Do you know what this is? How do you make sense of this? Steve, here's how I make sense of it. And I, I want your audience to understand this very clearly. There is one very strong argument to always voting Republican over the Democrat, no matter how, um, you know, crapola those Republicans are. Except the problem is that argument does not apply to the people propagating that very message. And that's this. The argument is that Democrats obviously talk to the hand. They don't care about us. There's no way we can influence them. With Republicans, at least you can get your foot in the door as their constituents and pressure them on all the issues that matter in between the elections. Believe it or not, election day occurs every day in my mind. There's decisions that happen every day. But these very people that seem to be so close and influential and involved with these Republican officials – somehow only find their voice to patronize and lecture us to vote for those Republicans on Election Day. But they never seem to find their moxie and their influence when it comes to every day between the Election Day saying, hey, buddy, you know, you you might want to vote the right way on this. You might want to put push this issue for us. They don't use the influence. So you know what? Under our system, Steve, if the, the conservative movement was full of people like you and me, I think there would always be a pur- purpose to voting Republican because we'd be on their case all the mm-hmm, time. Mm-hmm. With these people, no, there's no purpose because they don't do anything. I'll do you one better. Just this week, le- since we spoke last end of last week, you, Orwell couldn't have written a book like this. You and I cannot get anything out anymore on coronavirus or any other issue because of the censorship. We literally have censorship everywhere in this country. What do we have in middle of COVID fascism, a crime wave, and an election fraud? Mike Lee went to the Senate floor and confirmed by unanimous consent passed out a piece of legislation during an era of China dominance that allows India and China to monopolize our employment visas during a time of high unemployment. As a handout to the big tech companies that are censoring these very senators. And I can't find a written statement from Purdue, Loeffler, or any of them for that matter saying, hey, uh, were you out of town? You couldn't object? Or is there a reason you didn't? Do you oppose it? Are you going to convince Trump to Mm -hmm. veto it? I mean, this is the issue, Steve. I mean, that ties together everything. They gave a handout to Silicon Valley with visas allowing India to monopolize, take their monopoly of our non-immigrant visas and take that roadshow onto the immigrant visas. I mean, that just passed. I mean, we're debating 
hmm, what might happen in the future with a Republican Senate? We got to keep it because if not, we could do this. We have it right now. And not only aren't they stopping bad stuff and fighting in the NDAAs and the budget bills and the and the corona bills and using the leverage to fight for our issues on Section 230, to fight for our issues on jailbreak, on corona fascism, to condition the funding for education that they open the schools without the child abuse. They will not fight on a single issue on a single day precisely because of the people that lecture us to vote Republican at all costs. Yeah, I spent all last week telling my audience, hey, grid, gridlock some of the best government we can possibly get, right? So I'm, I'm fine. Let's have those Republicans win the Senate. And then Purdue comes out over the weekend after I said this for a week and says, I'm, I'm looking forward to cutting some deals, man. I mean, I couldn't cut any deals under Trump, you know? I mean, I'm going to cut some deals now. Hey, man, good to have you on as always. God bless. Take care, all right? Take care. See you later. All right. Hey, did you know the average American has almost 100 points that they can add to their credit score, but has no idea how to acquire them? Well, ScoreMaster is the new credit science that super boosts your credit score. What do I mean by super boost? I'm not talking about a few points here or there. The average ScoreMaster user can raise their score about 60 points in about three weeks or less. Uh, and that can help not just in getting the approval for that home loan, that car loan, that business loan, but the terms, even if you can already get approved How about the interest rate, the terms of repayment, the payment terms, those things all improve when you have a better credit score. Heck, a lot of times nowadays, employers are looking at credit scores as well. So here's what you do. Uh, you enroll in minutes uh, and uh, go to scoremaster.com. You'll enroll in minutes. They put the information in your hands. So it's not that crazy, confusing credit report you've seen your mortgage lender going through. They make it very accessible. They arm you with the power of your real information, why you have the score you have, and then they'll lay out a plan for you to get to the score that you want. All right? Go to scoremaster.com slash Steve, just like it sounds. Scoremaster.com slash Steve. Thoughts on the conversation we just had with Daniel? Well, he's right uh, to be throwing up his hands when he says, you know, we have it, uh, the Senate, right now. And ultimately, Steve, you, you, you referred it to it uh, optimistically in the past, and not without reason. We all agreed that, you know, Donald Trump is a, a, a speed bump of sorts. I believe those are the words you actually chose. You know, slow things down, mm -hmm. give us time. But here we are talking about this as the most important Senate election of our lifetime, the, you know, the same kind of language while we're watching in real time and have for almost the entirety of the Trump presidency that the, we we never have cause to be more aspirational of that. So at, I, at, at some point, this is a game of it's a game of Russian roulette either way. And it's not one where the odds are. I, I don't know that the odds are any better in our favor. They might not be worse having a Republican set. And in terms of all collateral damage, they just they might not be worse. How about the fact we're even having this conversation when the alternative is some form of neo-Marxist and is open and proud of that? I know. <laughs> we're going to stick around and do the overtime for Blaze TV subscribers. For the rest of you, I guess after that, have a great day. John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.